We are Chris Lee, Blake Lovell, and Max Barr of Southeastern 14 here to recap Wednesday night basketball action in the SEC, Mississippi State's trip to Kentucky, Ole Miss's journey to LSU, and Auburn's trip to Nashville to play Vandy. We'll talk about all three of those games, but first a reminder, this preview, or excuse me, this recap brought to you by Bet Online with NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today, get in on the action, see the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that is B L E A V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Let's us start in Lexington, where Kentucky gets a 90 to 77 win over Mississippi State. The Cats lead by excuse me by 18 at half. State makes a, a little bit of a run midway through the second half. Kentucky answered. I guess that the storyline in this one, uh, the showdown between the two big men, Tolu Smith and Trey Mitchell both played well, but but the difference, guys, and I'll start with you, Blake. Kentucky had great guard shooting. Um, it got it from Antonio Reeves, who had 27 points. State didn't get it from Josh Hubbard. I think you, you had to have that if you were State to have a chance at winning. Instead, he goes one for 11 from the field for three points. Uh, State could not afford uh, that kind of performance to get a win in Lexington, and Kentucky walks out with another win. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky didn't shoot it well um, from outside, but they put up a stat that I had to look at again to make sure it was right, but I don't know the last time someone shot almost 75% from two against Mississippi State. Um, I mean, they shot Kentucky shot 74% from two. I've gone back, actually. Actually, there was there's one team that has actually shot the ball really well against Mississippi State from two. This season, it was Tennessee who shot 63% from two against Mississippi State. Last season, I'm looking at it, and there, there's one that ranks above the 74.2% that Kentucky shot. Tennessee shot 77.4% <laughs> against Mississippi State last season from two. So Tennessee, for whatever reasons, had their number inside the arc. But I just looked at that, and I was like, man, it's wild to think that for Mississippi State, as good of a defensive team as they are, I mean, they're they're one-tenth in two-point percentage defense, which probably after last night knocked them down quite a bit. I don't remember where they were going into it. But, yeah, like for Kentucky to just kind of do that and be that efficient from inside the arc when they weren't hitting as many threes as they usually do, uh, obviously made the free throws. That helped. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive to me. And I thought the other impressive thing, I think Kentucky had 20 assists on 30 field goals. Um, it's just this team moves the ball really well. They, they're they very unselfish. I think sometimes we always say when you get guys that are just so used to being the man, all these guys are used to being the man. And yet these guys just, they, they do a really good job of just, I think, their court awareness, passing the ball, the unselfishness, all that kind of stuff. And so that was something that I thought really was on display here. Um, and then for Mississippi State, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's like we said, we went into it. Why do we? None of us gave it a thought, probably, to pick them to win this game, just because 
they just not played as well on the road and they don't shoot it well, you know, nine and 27 here, which nine, three is probably not bad for Mississippi state, but yeah. that still, I mean, it's, I just think it's something where, again, you just, it's trust issues and um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's hard to go in there and win for anybody, not just Mississippi state. So, I mean, that was kind of the game is Kentucky just was able to, you know, make that huge run to end the half. And I guess that was why they're up 20 or up end up being 18. But um, yeah. So, I mean, I just think giving yourself a cushion against a Mississippi state team that does not shoot it well and didn't get to the free throw line enough. Um, that was going to be easy success for Kentucky. And remember this team still doesn't have a do And this is one of those physical games that you could really miss him. in. I thought, um, Ugo was great again. Um, only, you know, 17 minutes, four blocks. Uh, Cal said he got asked, he said, why aren't you playing? Why aren't you playing Ugo a little bit more? This guy's averaging like six, seven blocks per 40 minutes. He said he gets tired real quick. Said his conditioning is a little bit of an issue. And when he gets tired, then mistakes start to come in. But I mean, how valuable is it? And it's, we keep talking. Well, I don't know. I keep talking. I, I love Dylan Cardwell off the bench. I, I feel like every video I mention him. Uh, and Kentucky's really got something with with Ugo off the bench, too. I mean, not many teams can bring in a seven-footer when their other seven-footer goes out. You know, that's pretty valuable. Um, and you saw it pay off here against a, you know, a physical interior presence like Mississippi State has. Uh, Cal said that they changed their pick-and-roll defense a little bit for this game. So they did make some changes. I think it paid off a little bit. They were a little bit more aggressive uh, in defending the the pick and roll. Um, it's still a work in progress, but I like the the direction that the defense is going in. And we've been talking about Alabama's offense, Auburn's offense a lot. I mean, we've been giving credit to to the Kentucky offense, but in in four SEC games, eighty seven points, ninety points, ninety two points, ninety points. They haven't scored under eighty seven in SEC play. It's nuts. They're just scoring left and right. Um, and for Mississippi State to hit nine threes when Hubbard has a bad game, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive for, for the way that they shoot. So I thought Kentucky did a great job in, in taking Hubbard out of out of his game. Uh, yeah, this Kentucky team just continues to get better and similar to how we keep saying with Alabama. You know, Chris, you've been all over the defense, been – you know, playing a little bit better. This Kentucky defense is starting to look a little bit better. You're muted, Chris. Sorry. Still circling that game on what is it? Um, For Kentucky? First week of March? Yeah, when the, the, the Alabama game. Okay, what is it? February the 24th? That, that's the one I want to see with the way these teams score points. You're just, you're just taking off till February 24th, huh? I am. I'm, I'm trying <laughs> you to. You don't care about any of these other games till February 24th. All right, that's a long <laughs> wait, Chris. That's over a month. So you're I, I, I should be. I should be enjoying the here and now for reasons you guys know. Well, Kentucky still got home game against Tennessee, home game against Gonzaga at Auburn, home against. Yeah, I mean, still got a while before you get there. Doesn't matter to so, Chris. Man, he's just all right. Kentucky fans, Chris will see you in a month. So. He doesn't care about your other games. That gets us to baseball, too. I I knew that was going to get a reaction out of you. Yeah. Well, then, that's We'll we'll talk more about Chris here in a bit. We'll talk more about Chris and his ways here in about after we get 
done with these next two games. I, I can make the tables turn quickly. You know what else makes tables turn quickly? Going on the road. Is this where you're going to gloat about picking LSU? No, I'll let you do it for me. This guy gets a couple picks right, has a great week <laughs> in the SEC basketball fantasy, and all of a sudden he's the the czar of – I'm not even going to get into it. All right, let's talk about this LSU Ole Miss game, okay? <laughs> because Max. LSU is – I mean, come on. This team deserves a lot of credit where they are i mean people were asking us is what two to three weeks ago mailbag if matt mcmahon was done for basically um and you know now they're sitting here at three and one they got two nice wins at texas a&m home against Ole miss um and yeah i mean you know the, the road trip to auburn like max said in the previous video or whenever we did that it's you know hey they showed the fight to come back and at least make that interesting and they built off of that here. Uh, look, I mean, LSU last season was a chore to watch offensively. Like, they were just a team that if they made it to 70, like, you were congratulating because they just – they could not ever find their offensive rhythm last year for whatever reason. But this year, it's not been perfect, um, but they have way more upside this year. Like, they have more of those games where they can go off and score the ball, you know – like this um now this is against this kind of competition this is certainly one of their if not their best performance i think offensively all season but still i mean it's it's again it just shows you that the the upside is there with this team now that they have jalen cook who you know did not shoot it as well from three he went one of six but he did score 16 points but the whole team as a whole goes 10 of 21 from three in this game and I just thought that was something where it's like, again, if you're trying to find me teams that I think that are just going to get hot from three, LSU is usually not the team. Maybe I pointed out as much, um, you know, because they're middle of the pack, they're shooting 34%. Uh, but, you know, hey, they hit 10 here, 10 to 21. They shot 48% from three. This was another free throw game. A lot of free throws. Now, some of them came down the stretch as it got a little tighter. Uh, but Jordan Wright, man, I don't know what else you say about the guy. Like he is. Um, I mean, we, we've said it. I, I talked about, I thought that, you know, him going to LSU was probably one of the more significant pickups of anybody in the SEC this off season, because Vanderbilt fans could say what they wanted. Um, but like that guy was a huge reason why they made the run they made last year. And he has played so many games in the SEC that experience was going to matter. And now you're starting to see how that has played out here to this point. Uh, he scored what, at least 15 in every SEC game. He scored, at least 12, and I don't know, or 10 to 12, I think, and there's only one game this season he's scored under 10. So, yeah, he's just been rock solid, um, and, man, he just did so many things in this game. I know, you know, pointing out the seven steals and all that, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is this is an LSU team that, good for Matt McMahon. He stepped into a tough spot when he was hired as the coach, and you knew he was going to be compared to what, you know, the former coach did and the success and all that other stuff. They didn't have it last year. He was being put on the hot seat after the Texas game this year. But since then, you know, they won five of six, three and one start in SEC play and got a great opportunity on Saturday against the Texas A&M team. They've already beat by 15 uh, on the road. So, yeah, it's a nice spot for the Tigers. This one just crushed me. I had a 
had a wager on Ole Miss, and I sitting on my couch watching this game, and I'm just watching what nine first half turnovers for Ole Miss and LSU. Jordan Wright can't miss, and I'm just like, what am I doing? Taking a road team in this league, not going to happen again. I'll tell you that much right now. But you got to give the credit to LSU's pressure defense there in the first half. I mean, they were just Ole Miss couldn't get anything going uh, offensively, and no rhythm. A lot of their a lot of their points came from from individual like ISO dribble drives and whatnot. Um, Ole Miss has got to get something out of their bench. There's there's just no consistent bench scoring, even out of their front court with with Cisse and Sharp. They don't get much, and it just it puts a lot of pressure on Juju Murray and these guards to create everything. Uh, I have in all caps Jordan Wright winner. Uh, look at what he did at Vanderbilt. Look at Vanderbilt now. Look at LSU last year. Add Jordan Wright. Look at LSU now. I'm not saying he's the sole reason, but man, does he have an impact on on winning? Guy just makes winning plays, gets to the line. It's a good perimeter defender. Uh, and Jalen Cook's going through a little bit of a slump, and they're still playing. They're still putting up 89 points. Uh, he's not shooting the ball well from outside. He's turning it over a little bit, but still gets to the line seven times, still stays aggressive and finds a way to impact the game. That's what I really like. Even when you're in a slump, still staying aggressive and finding a way to win. Uh, and I, I really like little motivational things in conference play and in as well as LSU played over the the whole course of the game letting Ole Miss in it down the stretch there well I think it got down to six with like two minutes left letting them kind of creep in I feel like that's gonna keep LSU on on check be like hey guys we played a good game but we got some things to clean up here and now A&M's gonna come in looking for revenge I kind of like that motivational factor this LSU team's gonna come ready to play and geez they're they're tough to beat you know, it's funny. We're doing the little little basketball contest, so we're really following individual performances a little bit more. We, we sat, Max, you and I sat and watched Blake agonize. Oh, the little basketball contest. Chris, I could, Chris has sent 48 tweets in the past five hours about this <laughs> little basketball contest that he is talking up over here, but, but continue. Well, Max, you remember we sat and watched Blake drag his feet on his last pick for about 10 minutes and bring Jordan Wright's name up about 49 times before not picking him. Yep. Having a little fun with you, Blake. But, but in all seriousness, SEC Player of the Week this week, and by the way, we got one more to guy bring into this conversation we'll get to in the next game. It, it is going to be a battle because yeah. we had the Dalton Connect thing against Florida. We're going, my goodness, this guy's just, you know, 39 points hitting them from everywhere. You know, we get um, – we got the Wade Taylor show before he got upstaged by Tremont Mark at the end. Uh, we had Antonio Reeves had a nice game last night. And, and then Jordan Wright. And look, if, if you're going for balance, this might be the best of all of them. He plays 36 minutes, 9 of 16 from the floor, 7 of 8 from the line, 7 boards, Five assists, seven steals, mm. uh, the twenty-seven points. The only blemish on that line was four turnovers. But man, we up. got we got half the games to play, so that's going to turn. But picking SEC Player of the Week this week is going to be that's not going to be an easy task. I don't think if 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 the, the Saturday games go like they did on the midweek. Well, I'm just telling you, I don't think that I don't know that the Saturday game is going to go like they did on the midweek because. 
having encores of those kind of performances um, are going to be tough for everybody. But I would agree with you. I think that, yeah, I mean, what, what else do you say about Jordan, right? If, if you see what he's doing for this team and again, where it's kind of leading to and they're, they're in a good spot. Like I said, it's, um, you know, that they've got, I think their schedule's manageable um, here, just kind of comparing it to others. But um, tough, tough test coming up in terms of after the AM game, you know, they hit the road for three of their next four, which involves going to Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee. Um, and then they got Alabama at home in there too. So, yeah, we'll see. This team can keep it rolling. All right. Speaking of performances, this wasn't the biggest box score line in terms of doing all the stuff that Jordan Wright did. But my goodness, Jalen Williams was darn near perfect last night. Auburn beats Vanderbilt 80-65. Here's his line, 29 minutes, 7 of 7 from the floor. Two of those were threes, 5 of 5 from the line, 8 boards, 3 assists, a steal, a block. Uh, the, the only blemishes there, one turnover, one personal foul. Auburn took control of that game. Uh, kind of late in the first half and never really looked back. But but guys, the, the big storyline for this one for Auburn and Max, you got a little information on this. I, I saw Jani Broom go down last night late in the game. Looked like he was in pain, got up, kind of gave the okay signal. Uh, but but this morning seems like we might have some mixed signals that it wasn't just a a momentary exiting the game for being in pain let's hope not but uh some things coming out of auburn this morning sound a little concerning yeah we we don't have you know any concrete uh story right now but bruce pearl did say that uh this is just a direct quote from bruce pearl i don't know what the status of his right knee is but we'll get word on that tomorrow that being he said that late last night so they're, they've probably got to run a few tests. He looked like he, he was limping off last night. I don't know if it's more of just like a bone bruise, knee, you know, you bump your knee and, the you know, it stings for a while. But if it's anything serious, this is a team that does have good front court depth. You know, as good as Janai Broom is, they do have Cardwell um, who can, you know, fill in for a game or two. Um but Jalen Williams, I'm glad you brought him up. I'm, I'll give you his numbers over the past 10 games. And, and these percentages, this this efficiency is unbelievable. Past 10 games, he's averaging just under 16 a game, 15.8. But look, these percentages, 78.6% from two, 52% from three, 83% from the free throw line. Unreal. The guy's not missing. Um, So, I mean... We knew, I think way back in what, like June or July, Blake, we did like our top forwards, top power forwards, top five power forwards way back in the summer. And we had, we had Jalen Williams on as a sneaky, sneaky guy that could really break out. And man, is he playing his best basketball? Um, Jerry Stackhouse after the game said it wasn't a direct quote. It was kind of choppy. Like he started it and went on a tangent, came back around. But basically what he said is he said, since I've been here in the SEC, from top to bottom of rosters, I don't know if we have ever seen a team with this much depth since he's been here. And I I, I think that's a fair statement. Um, he was saying how as good as Jalen Williams and Janai Broom are, Cardwell has the mo more energy than them, plays with more, plays that more energetic style. And it's tough to, it's tough to withstand that because you're expecting there to be a drop off 
when you have a Janai Broom go to the bench, and there's just not. So, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, how this Janai Broom injury shakes out. Uh, I mean, it's, it didn't seem too serious, you know, when it happened, but it doesn't sound, you know, like it's just all all okay. And now they get Ole Miss at home, which, you know, very winnable game, but then it's the Iron Bowl, Blake, coming up next week. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's always hard to guess on these kind of things, and yeah, just you don't know until they give you more information on the specifics of the injury and that kind of stuff. So we're just playing a guessing game. So who knows? Um, so we'll find out. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about it when when we know for sure. But yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, the the Stackhouse quote and all that. I mean, it's just we've said it. This is the deepest team in the SEC. It's probably the deepest team in the country. Uh, yeah, we, we haven't seen a lot of teams like this that are able to play five guys off the bench who can all play 15 or more minutes and be very effective doing so. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that's just where we are right now with this Auburn team. They are as confident as ever. Um, they just have so many guys that you have to prepare for matchup-wise, and you get so many different rotations, and it's just like you can never really get into a rhythm because they can sort of change and – throw this guy at you that has a different skill set, then you got to somehow defend that or try to score on that. And it's just, it's a grind to try to do anything against this team. And again, that's why they're 15 wins. They've all been by double digits. And um, yeah, I mean, this is just a, this is a team that has a next gear that I just don't think a lot of teams have. And a lot of it has to do with the depth and all that, that sort of gives you an opportunity. If you get in foul trouble, any of those situations, it's just this is where we talk about the importance of depth. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's they're they're fantastic. They're number one in our power rankings this week. Uh, if, you know, they dominate Ole Miss on Saturday, we'll see if that changes. I, I would say probably not. But, um, you know, so so we'll see. It's they're just really good for Vanderbilt. Meanwhile, um, at Mississippi State, home against Tennessee. At Auburn, home against Missouri, home against Kentucky. That's their next five games. Sorry for Missouri fans, but Vanderbilt, you talk about Chris circling games, you know, a month from now. Vanderbilt probably circling a game, you know, two weeks from now or whatever, two and a half weeks, because that Missouri game is the only one in there that just, you know, you'll look at and you're like, okay, if we don't win this one, you keep going further at South Carolina, home against AM. At Tennessee, it's not pretty. So, um, yeah. So, so we'll see if the Commodores can pull an upset somewhere. Yeah, th- this was the team that we had first in our power rankings against the team that we had last in our power rankings. Um, any home court advantage that Vanderbilt used to have is disappearing. I was not at the game, but the texted with people. They sound like Auburn had a louder presence in the gym and, and maybe more fans, which is just unbelievable if you grew I, up in this era. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it, it is unbelievable if you go back in the day, but like in recent years, yeah. I feel like Auburn's Auburn's been a team that's brought quite a few people in that gym. And I think, you know, that's one, that just speaks to their success, right? It's just because of how successful they've been. Auburn's done pretty well, I think, of bringing – a lot of fans to that gym, which I mean, we could say that about a lot, a lot of teams, unfortunately, in the past several years. But yes, if you long term, I, I agree, it's just not something that you would have thought. But here we are. So, 
Well, two things. Auburn's got a pretty decent alumni base here. I have a lot of friends who are Auburn fans that live live in the area. That That's number one. Number two, Bruce Pearl has energized his fan base in a way that has never been energized. So that's number two. And, and number three, it's Vanderbilt. That, that fan base is as beaten down as I think I've ever seen it. Um, they're, they're not, their fans aren't showing up for much of anybody to, to be honest with you. I mean, it used to be a day, like if, if you got a couple thousand Tennessee or Kentucky fans in the building, it was kind of like stop the presses, but those are the two teams that could do it. And now you're seeing Alabama do it. You're seeing Auburn do it. And part of that is just Vanderbilt fans are just disinterested. Um, in addition to the, just the discrepancy in the power rankings, it was the best bench in the league against the worst bench in the league. Vanderbilt's really got about four guys who can really play, and it kind of drops off a cliff from there. They've got guys that can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But, um, look, Jerry Stackhouse is trying to now sort of position this as a youth movement. He started Malik Presley last night, gave him 21 minutes. Same with J.Q. Roberts. Those guys are not ready to play in this league. Uh, Blake, you mentioned the schedule. Uh, I don't know if it's too early to call for the the 0-18 Bryce Drew watch, but don't see them winning the next three. Missouri at home, Ken Pomeroy gives them is the best chance to win a game, period. That's February 3rd. Gives Vandy a 41% chance to beat Missouri. Um, I think it could shrink between now and then. We're watching Missouri. This team uh, is pretty competitive in most of its games. Now, sometimes it falls apart at the end. But Ken Palm, as of this morning, this morning being Thursday morning, 8.4% chance of Vanderbilt having a winless record in SEC play, Blake. Uh, I don't know if I'm buying that. I I think they're going to beat somebody, and I think they'll beat a couple somebodies because it's not that long ago they lost by three at home to Alabama. And so I just – we know it happens throughout the course of the season – Again, could it happen? Would you place the odds right now on it happening? Like, there's a, a decent chance, like you said. But we say that about some teams, too, some years. And I know this one feels different. But they get Missouri at home. You know, they get they get LSU at home. They get Georgia at home. I mean, I, I'm, I'm buying into Georgia and LSU. But, again, weird things happen in Memorial Gym. We say that all the time. So... Yeah, it's probably going to be hard to win a road game because their final or their road games, Mississippi State, Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky. It's hard to find one in there. So, yeah, they'll have to – I think one of those three is where it'll it'll have to come. But uh, it will not be easy because I, I say all that and I'm just like – I know they've lost like their first four, but, you know – and I got beaten by like 30 or anything. Like, it, they're, they're at least keeping games interesting. And so I I think they're going to find one here somewhere. Missouri fans, I, I apologize. I hope it's not you because I'll hear about that if it is. So, Parting thoughts. Um, Max, I'll start with yes. you. Max, just get to the, to the real part here before we wrap up. Yeah, let's uh... – Let's let's get into a little uh, little fantasy update here. Um, I think there we are. I think yep. There's it. That's in the. Uh, this is in the Photoshop. All right. So you're 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 seeing in the flesh, behind the scenes, what we're working with. 
But this read is our... off, Max, for, for, for the audio listeners. Read, read this off here. Okay, here we go. So this is our Tuesday and Wednesday. We've each had each of our players play one game. Chris, the Chrisley Bears are in a sizable lead at 173 points. Blake is in the middle at 155. And then somebody, I don't know who, is way behind at 129. Uh, so Chris, Chris in a big lead. He had the hold on a second. Hold, hold on just one second. This is not a big lead. It is All a right? big lead. He's up 18 points. It was pretty big to me. That's he's on, a, <laughs> hold on. He, he's got a big lead on you, Max Barr, but on me, he does not have a big lead. He's only up 18 here. All right. So let's just call it what it is. Oh, Blake still has his confidence. Blake still has his confidence. Um, Weekly high score, or not weekly. Yes, so far, high score, Dalton Connect with 54. Um, Chris also got huge games out of Antonio Reeves, who had 40. Reed Shepard with 32, some big scores. Uh, Blake got in uh, just a master class from his front court this week. He got 85 combined points from Tolu Smith and Jonas Adu. Trey Mitchell combines in with, with 32. To uh, I mean, that that front court is just beasting for for Blake and then for yours truly two man show here between Wade Taylor and Janai Broom I'm not going to mention the other three because as coach Cal has been saying if you're not going to perform you're on the bench and that's what I'm doing to these guys before their their Saturday games in practice we are getting back to our roots back to our fundamentals and we're coming out strong on Saturday just want to let you guys know we're not laying down did uh did one of us also go three and zero on picks last night? I'm not talking about the picks either. Did one of us also, um, have a certain thought about a certain player and an injury? Did, does anyone remember that, Max? Do you remember? Because because someone's gloating right now, but we have receipts, Max, don't we? We have receipts, but we we can bring them out at any time. But all I'm saying is, Mark Sears. On behalf of Southeastern 14, I would like to apologize to you for Chris Lee, the Chris Lee Bears, and his thoughts on how much he wants to win. So that's as far as I'm going to go. But Chris is like, by any means necessary. That's his motto. So let's just say if Janai Broom does not play on Saturday... I am voiding my score this week, and it doesn't count, and we're redoing it. <laughs> Unreal. That's really? what this is. No, we're having powers I never knew I had. I'm just going to leave that there. We're having a ton of fun with this, really. I, I love it, um, and we're getting some, you know, you guys on on Twitter at, at, at 14 Southeastern. Give us a follow. We've been interacting with a lot of you guys with this. It's been a, it's been a ton of fun so far. My nine-year-old son – um, I, I mentioned this to him a couple of days ago because he loves competition. I mean, he's just been every day, dad, what's the score? How you, can I, and, and now he's like, can I play? Is he I just as ruthless as you? <laughs> Probably. Because if so, he'll fit right in. So yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> he loves it. He's like, can I draft a team? Does he also have thoughts about Mark Sears? <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to ask him. The accusations right now are just I know. It's brutal here. Listen, Mark Sears, let's call it what it is. He had 16 points in the fantasy game. 
any other night this season, Mark Sears is scoring 35 or more. So this would be an easy lead right now. And let me also just point out, Chris was doing a victory lap last night after the game. <laughs> like, he was Saturday ready games. for his prize. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Chris, there's seven games on Saturday. <laughs> so you've not won this thing yet. Now, you've beaten Max. Let's call it what it is. But with me, Whoa. this thing isn't over because Mark Sears is going to go in. I've got I've got the Tennessee-Alabama game on Saturday. Sears, Ziegler, Adu. These three guys understand what's at stake. They know what what has to be done here. So, and Trey Mitchell, I've already I've already heard Trey Mitchell. He's like, I understand as part of the Monstars, I'm going for 40 against Georgia. I I can't quote him directly on that, but that's just what I hear from my friends in Lexington. So, Noah Thomas, my, my mouth. Oh, Noah Thomas killed you. My my mouth has written a check that. We'll see if the roster can can cash it, but I, oh, I was some cashing just, going on. I think there's some NIL money flowing somewhere. There might be. So is is that against the rules? Max, was that prohibited in the rules? I don't remember mentioning this. You set this up. Look at this Max playing nope. with his notebook. Nope. No, nope. that is not in the rules. All right. Get this off the <laughs> this, screen. This this reminds me, I'll make it quick. Um my favorite fantasy football story ever. Um I'm playing in a league of a bunch of guys that I go to in church and it's super competitive. And, um, I'm, I'm down. I I don't even know, like 60 points with, with two guys to play. And we're all sitting around watching, um, watching Sunday night football. And, um, I got a kicker and a running back. I picked up. Um, on the waiver wire that week, it was I got hit with buys like you wouldn't believe, and uh, it was the Jonas Gray game for the Patriots. Remember that that, that he made the cover of SI for one week, and it got cut like two weeks later. So we're sitting and watching this, and the guy that I'm playing to sleep, and 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 I'm I'm like Yahoo's got a victory probability, and it's got me like at zero percent before the game. I actually went ahead in the game. And so the guys sitting with me are mercilessly texting the guy that that I'm that I'm beating to the point where they wake him up. <laughs> so he goes to bed thinking he's got this game won. Um, and he just responds with one thing. He says, somebody needs to break that guy's leg. <laughs> Long story short, I went ahead for a few minutes. Um, his kicker ended up hitting an extra point or something to beat me, but it's the most fun I ever had losing a fantasy football game. Hmm. What hmm. an interesting quote from that young man. <laughs> yeah, it that is, isn't of. it? <laughs> hmm. and, and we just made this guy an elder last Sunday. Hmm. Not me. Very but, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm starting to see how it all comes together here. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. If you want to join in on our fantasy fun, let us know your comments, what you think. Who's going to win? Do that. Why will it be me? Does anybody still believe? I want to know. I just need one, one believer. Because I believe. You no, know we need we we need a southeastern fourteen fantasy fo- fantasy uh fantasy basketball league. Maybe fantasy football. We need to do that. All the the listeners, if they're interested, I think they should let us know. Maybe we can um maybe we can arrange a draft or something at some point. Maybe not this yeah. year, but it'd be fun. Yeah. Well. Good luck to everyone trying to play against Chris. That's all I'll say. <laughs> 
<laughs> I pull out the voodoo doll and you just never know what could happen. Put your players in bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we will end today's show. We'll be wrapping up Saturday games. We'll be previewing Saturday games. We talk about football when it happens because God knows the transfer portal never stops. For Blake Lovell and Max Barham, Chris Lee, this is Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.